Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Fido wagged his fluffy tail as he strolled down the street. Horse-drawn carriages clattered over cobblestones and women lifted their hoop skirts to step over slushy piles of snow but nothing could distract the golden-haired dog from his beloved master. Five-year-old Fido and his owner followed their usual afternoon routine. First, the man got a shave and a haircut, while Fido napped on the street outside the barbershop. Then they strolled to the post office. The man collected his mail and gave Fido a package of letters to carry. Joyfully, the dog clamped his teeth over the twine-bound envelopes. He loved to feel helpful. During the walk up Jackson Street to his home, Fido paused several times while people greeted his master. Fido knew a lot of English words, like fetch, roll over, and sit. But he didn't know what to make of phrases like, congratulations, Mr. President, or hail to the chief. Fido probably didn't even know his master's name. He recognized the man's kindness and affection. His ears always pricked up when he heard his booming but gentle voice. He wagged his tail when he saw his human's tall, slim figure exaggerated by his trademark stovepipe hat. But Fido didn't care that he belonged to one of the most famous US presidents, the Great Emancipator. So far as he was concerned, Abraham Lincoln was simply a beloved friend. Years before he changed the world, Abe changed Fido's life. Welcome to Dog Tales, a podcast original. Every week, we tell the stories of historic, heroic canines. We'll profile dogs who saved people from earthquakes, went to outer space, and even spurred the invention of Velcro. If you're looking for fun stories and a warm heart, you're barking up the right tree. I'm your host, Alastair. You can find episodes of Dog Tales and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Dog Tales for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Dog Tales in the search bar. This week, we're telling the story of Abraham Lincoln's dog, a golden-furred mixed breed named Fido. Fido and Abe lived a humble life together in Springfield, Illinois. But when Abe became President of the United States, Fido's life was turned upside down. Many consider Abraham Lincoln the greatest president in United States history. He signed the Emancipation Proclamation, which granted liberty to enslaved people in the South. He guided a divided nation through the Civil War. 
and he delivered some of history's greatest speeches, including the Gettysburg Address. But Abe didn't always know he'd make it to the White House. And in the 1850s, he wasn't well known for his politics. In fact, many people thought he was quite eccentric. Not least of all, because he loved animals. Abe grew up in a literal log cabin in rural Illinois. His family was very poor and didn't have much to spare. It was unthinkable that they'd bother feeding or housing a pet. Of course, they had animals on the farm, but each creature had a job to do. The dogs helped with the herding and the hunting. The cats kept mice away from the grain. The chickens laid eggs and cows made milk. The others became food. As a young boy, Abe was particularly attached to a baby pig. There's no evidence that he named it, but for this episode, we'll call the pig Curly. Curly followed Abe everywhere. They had many adventures together, clambering over underbrush in the woods outside the cabin. But one day, when Abe was six years old, his mother warned him that the pig was getting too fat. They were going to butcher him. Abe was old enough to know the realities of life on a farm, but he understood that this was the fate of all the family's livestock. But he couldn't bear to see his beloved Curly killed. So one day, while his parents were busy with chores, Abe took the pig for a walk in the woods and set him free. Hours later, Abe's father went to the pig pen, axe in hand. Only then did he realize that his dinner had escaped. He shouted at his son, saying, You, Abe, fetch back that hog. But Abe ignored his father. He just wanted to save his friend. As an adult, Abe kept his fierce animal-loving streak. He famously waded across muddy, flooded roads to rescue mired wild turkeys. He scooped up six stray kittens to take home and nurse back to health. Even after he left the farm, he kept pets in his modest home in Springfield, Illinois. The bustling town was very different from the humble cabin he'd grown up in. But the people of Springfield shared Abe's country values. They believed in hard work, neighborly kindness, and that dogs should be workers, not pets. In the 1850s, it was common for American families to have herding dogs and hunting dogs, just like on the farm. Some people even kept guard dogs, which barked at intruders and kept the house safe. But it was somewhat more rare for low-income families to have a pet dog just because. That didn't stop Abe from inviting countless animals into his crowded house. 46-year-old Abe lived with his wife, Mary, sons, 11-year-old Robert, 4-year-old William, and 2-year-old Tad, and a whole host of animals. Altogether, the family had cats, horses, goats, turkeys, and rabbits. Abe knew his household menagerie gave him a bad reputation, other people in town gave him weird looks, but Abe didn't care. He liked animals a lot more than he liked his judgmental neighbors. And he never stopped acquiring furry friends. Sometime around 1855, he adopted a small yellow mixed-breed puppy. His diaries don't say how the pup joined the family, but we know Abe didn't pick it up from a pound. At the time, animal shelters didn't exist and breeders wouldn't bother with a mutt. It's possible that one day, 
Abe was walking home from his job at the law office when he heard a faint whimpering. He might have knelt down to see a tiny golden-furred pup huddled under a porch. The poor dog was little more than skin and bones. He clearly hadn't eaten anything in a while. Abe figured the dog wouldn't survive another night on the streets. And, moved by the small animal's fear and hunger, Abe might have scooped him up in his arms. He immediately fell in love with it. It probably didn't hurt that his fur was glossy and amber. Abe had always adored yellow dogs, or as he called them in his country accent, yaller dogs. Aching for the puppy's predicament, Abe brought him home. Abe's decision to adopt the dog probably caused him a lot of drama. His wife, Mary, was terrified of dogs. She worried the stray might bite her children or bring disease into the house. We're not sure what Abe said to convince Mary, but she agreed to let the pups stay the night. Abe was pretty persuasive after all. He was a lawyer. And the puppy did his part to win Mary over. He had a sweet face and a friendly demeanor. Eventually, Mary gave in. He could stay, at least long enough to get some good meals in his belly. Before dinner, Abe prepared two plates, one for himself and one for the puppy. Commercial dog food wasn't widely sold yet, so that first night, the Yaller dog feasted on Abe's favorites, like corn pone and oyster stew. And of course, supper ended with a slice of apple pie. In the evenings, Abe liked to read the newspaper to himself out loud, a trick he used to remember the information better. He stretched out on his specially made couch. It was extra long to accommodate his six foot four inch frame. While he read, the dog curled up next to him and wagged his tail. Later, when Abe changed into his nightshirt before bed, the puppy sniffed at his discarded clothes. He watched Abe wash his face and scrub his teeth with a cloth, common practice before toothbrushes were invented. When Abe walked back to the bedroom, he almost tripped over the dog that wound through his legs. He was such a constant shadow. Abe dubbed him Fido, which comes from the Latin word for trustworthiness or faithfulness. Fido was certainly loyal to Abe. He didn't leave his man alone for even a minute. When it came time to go to sleep, Abe commanded Fido to lie down on the bedroom floor. Obedient, the dog sniffed at the ground, turned in a circle a few times, and then flopped down. But he kept his eyes open, watching Abe. Satisfied that the dog would stay, Abe climbed into bed beside Mary. While his wife settled into sleep, Abe tried to get comfortable. No small feat since he was practically too tall for his bed. He curled up his legs and tossed and turned, and then felt the whole bed shake like someone else was rolling around too. Abe thought it might be Mary, until a cold, wet nose pressed against the back of his neck. It was Fido. Abe rolled over and let the pup nestle into the crook of his arm. As he stroked Fido's yellow fur, he wondered what he was going to do with him. He didn't need a dog and couldn't think of any tasks Fido could perform for the family. But Abe couldn't bear to send the puppy back to the streets to starve. As he drifted off to sleep, Abe figured he'd wait a few days and see if a solution presented itself. 
Over the next week, Abe gave Fido more heaping plates of food at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But sadly, the puppy never gained any weight. He was still as skinny and sick-looking as he'd been when Abe first took him in. Abe worried that Fido might be sick, but he didn't know what to do about it. The Springfield vet refused to see him. He was busy treating horses and dairy cows, animals with important jobs. A stray dog didn't merit an appointment. Abe ended up walking Fido down to the pharmacy on June 29, 1855. The pharmacist usually gave medical advice to people, not animals. But he liked Abe and agreed to look at Fido as a favor. After a quick examination, he declared that Fido had worms and suggested a bottle of vermifuge that would clear the problem right up. Abe paid 25 cents for the medicine, the equivalent of just under $7.50 today, and took Fido back home. The receipt for the vermifuge is the earliest evidence we have of Fido's life with Abe. And it's telling. Abe was so attached to his puppy, he was willing to spend some of his household's meager budget on him. So as far as Abe was concerned, Fido was part of the family. Up next, Fido hits the presidential campaign trail. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cashback rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. If you're looking for plump lips at last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XE and Juvederm Ultra XE, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all gel fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit www.juvederm.com. Now, back to the story. In the mid-19th century, it was rare for people to adopt pet dogs. But that didn't stop lawyer Abraham Lincoln from taking in a yellow puppy named Fido in 1855. From there, it didn't take long for Fido to settle into the family. Abe's sons, Robert, Tad, and William, immediately taught Fido how to sit, fetch, and roll over. They'd seen farm dogs follow these commands when they'd herded livestock. Fido picked up the tricks quickly, too. 
He didn't have a job, but the puppy was sharp as a tack. Not bad for a dog that hadn't even had a first birthday yet. Although the boys loved playing with Fido, he was indisputably Abe's dog. Every day, when Abe got home from work at the law firm, the young puppy greeted him at the door, wagging his long, fluffy tail. He followed Abe from room to room. Fido barked and jumped on Abe's legs while he removed his coat and hat. Then the dog tailed Abe outside when he saddled up the horses and went for a ride with Mary. After hearty dinners of simple but flavorful stew or chicken fricassee, Abe liked to read in the evenings while Fido napped at his feet. Sometimes, Abe would play with his sons before they went to bed. He'd lie on the floor in the parlor and dare his sons to stop him from getting up. Try as they might, Tad, Robert and William couldn't keep him down. Of course, Fido did what he could to help. He ran in circles and barked, hopping from one foot to the next with enthusiasm. On his days off, Abe ran errands while Fido walked beside him. The dog didn't use a leash. He didn't need one. He loved basking in Abe's presence and would never dream of running away. But Fido wasn't always obedient. He was far too friendly, and nothing Abe said or did could prevent him from enthusiastically greeting strangers. Even though Springfield was large for a Midwestern town in the 1850s, the streets were usually just empty enough that Fido could give every single passerby an individual greeting. It wasn't long before the Springfieldians began sporting a new fashion. Everyone had a pair of muddy paw prints on their pants, shirts, and dresses. A gift from Fido, who always jumped up on strangers to say hi with a lick on the face. Only the summer's heat could solve the problem. Fido still greeted every person he saw, but at least the mud had dried before he could roll in or run through it. That also meant it was warm enough for Abe to patch up his fence and replace some broken window panes. He hired his neighbor, John E. Roll, for the repairs. Years ago, Abe had agreed to pay cash and homemade wooden items in exchange for Roll's help with jobs around the house. Roll was a trustworthy worker, toiling in solitude, while Abe went to the office and Mary watched the kids. This year, things were different, though. Roll had an audience for his work. While Abe and Roll circled the house examining the windows, Fido trotted along behind them. When Rolls stacked up a pile of wood slats for the fence, Fido snatched a few pieces, thinking Roll was there to play fetch. And when Roll broke out a can of paint, Fido dipped his nose in the can and then rolled on the ground. While he begged for a belly rub, he smeared white paint all over the front lawn and sidewalk. Eventually, Roll's sons, Frank and John, distracted Fido. Like most Springfield residents, they didn't have a pet, and they were enchanted by the friendly dog. They threw sticks for him and raced him in the street. In return, the pup gleefully licked their faces and barked in delight. It was the best life any dog could ask for, but it was all about to change. Because Abe didn't want to be a lawyer in Springfield, Illinois forever, he wanted to change his country for the better. In 1859, he decided to run for President of the United States. 
Luckily, campaigning in the mid-1800s was very different from today. Presidential candidates didn't travel around or make public appearances. In fact, campaigning for oneself was considered unseemly and crass. Instead, Abe's friends traversed the country on his behalf, telling voters what a great candidate Abe was. Meanwhile, Abe kept up his quiet life at home. By now around five years old, Fido might not have ever noticed anything was different. Until May 18, 1860, the day Abe won the Republican nomination. The victory was big news in Springfield, and the locals threw a massive celebration. Cannons boomed, the church bells clanged, and a parade of well-wishers streamed into Abe's house to offer their congratulations. It was all too much for the poor yellow dog. Fido had always been friendly, but he couldn't handle the loud noises, the constant bustle, and the unfamiliar smells as strangers tramped through his house. The giant, constant crowds were overwhelming. Fido usually loved to nap on Abe's extra-long, specially-made couch, but once their lives changed, he spent most of his time hiding under it. Abe felt bad for his beloved pet. He only wanted Fido to be happy, but he couldn't force his friends and neighbors to stop celebrating. Every night when the last guest left, Abe would crouch down and call his dog. On the occasions that Fido was feeling particularly shy, Abe would bribe him with a bit of food. Once Fido finally ventured out from under the couch, Abe would stroke his fur and call him a good boy. He hoped that the extra love and attention would calm the pup down. Maybe he'd eventually get over his fear. But days and then weeks passed and Fido seemed as timid as ever. His demeanor remained unchanged over the next few months. When election day rolled around on November 6, 1860, Abraham Lincoln won, and he became the 16th president of the United States. The celebration in Springfield reached a fever pitch. On election day, after several long hours of congratulations and celebrations, Abe laid awake in bed again. Fido napped on his chest. His weight made it a little hard for Abe to breathe, but he didn't shoo the dog away. It had taken too long to coax him out from under the couch. Now the five-year-old dog needed as much love and support as Abe could offer. He pictured the long journey from Illinois to Washington, D.C. He'd have to take a train, which would inevitably be noisy and crowded. The capital city would be even more bustling and cosmopolitan than Springfield. At the White House, Abe would expect a constant stream of guests. Fido would be miserable. And as much as Abe hated to admit it, he knew it wasn't fair to subject his dog to all the noises and stimulation of the presidency. But he also couldn't turn down the office in good conscience. It was quite the conundrum. What would become of the pet when his family relocated to their new home? With a sad sigh, Abe realized what he had to do. He had to give Fido away. Next, Fido makes a new life with his new family. Now, back to the story. Abraham Lincoln and his dog Fido were inseparable. In Springfield, Illinois, Fido followed Abe everywhere. To the barber, 
Diller's soda fountain and the post office. But when Abe won the presidency in 1860, he and his family had to go to the one place Fido couldn't, the White House. Abe had to give five-year-old Fido away, even though it broke his heart. He didn't want to say goodbye to his beloved pet, but he didn't feel like he had a choice. It would be cruel to bring the canine to the hustle and bustle of Washington, D.C. It was hard for Abe to tell his sons that Fido wouldn't be a member of the family anymore. William, Tad and Robert cried and begged their father to change his mind. But Abe held firm. It was for the best. But he could be choosy about where Fido would go. Abe wanted to make sure his beloved dog was well taken care of in his absence. And as he considered the local Springfield residents, one family sprang to mind. The Rolls. Abe remembered how well Frank and John Roll had played with Fido when their father helped with the household repairs. And since the boys were close in age to 7-year-old Tad and 10-year-old William, Abe figured the transition would be easier for Fido. When Abe suggested the proposition to John Roll, he readily agreed to take the dog in. But Abe had a few stipulations before he'd hand Fido over. A few rules that John had to agree to. First, John couldn't scold Fido if he jumped up with muddy paws. The dog was just showing his love and should never be shamed for that. Second, Fido had to be allowed to go in and out as he pleased. He had to be promptly let into the house whenever he scratched at the door and he should be free to roam the town otherwise. He could be tied up in the yard if John needed to keep him out of the way, but he should never be left alone. And of course, Fido had to be served the best food from the dinner table. It was a lot to take in. But John figured that the President of the United States knew what was best. He agreed to all the rules and got ready to welcome Fido into his new home. Meanwhile, the Lincolns made the most of their final days with their dog. They played with him and spoiled him and gave him endless belly rubs. But they also had to plan for the upcoming move. Abe sold all their furniture, since there was no easy way to transport it across the country. But he kept one item, the specially made extra-long couch that the dog loved to lie on. He gave it to the Rolls so Fido could have a familiar place to nap. Once the house was emptied out, the bags were packed and the train tickets were bought, Abe had just one last chore. One morning in early February, he woke up early and fed Fido his breakfast. While the dog chowed down on bacon and eggs, he might have heard his owner sniffle or saw him wipe his eyes. Abe was crying. Afterward, they went on their morning walk, but instead of stopping at Dilla's soda shop or the barber's, Abe strode to the Rolls' home. By the front door, he scratched Fido's ears and reminded him that he had to be a good dog. He was going to have a long, happy life with the Rolls, but he'd always occupy a piece of Abe's heart as well. After all, they'd been friends for nearly six years, and no matter the distance between them, Nothing would change that. Then, John Roll opened the front door and called Fido over. The old yaller dog was confused. He didn't want to leave his master's side, but Roll kept whistling. 
and Abe encouraged him to run up the porch. Finally, he edged into the unfamiliar house. Roll petted Fido and crouched so the dog could kiss his cheeks. He had some delicious food ready, and the sons were eager to play. Fido wagged his tail as the door swung shut behind him. He didn't realize he'd never see Abraham Lincoln again. But Abe never forgot about Fido. The dog had changed his life. Once they settled into the White House, his family adopted a new pooch, a small lapdog named Jip. He became infamous among Abe's staff for his constant, incessant barking. But during rare moments of peace and quiet, Abe's mind drifted to sweet old Fido. John Roll knew that Abe had to miss his dog, and he did his best to keep the president in the loop about his life. So did the other Springfield residents. In 1863, Abe's old barber wrote him a letter that said, Tell Taddy that his and Willie's dog is alive and kicking, doing well as he stays mostly at John E. Rolls with the boys. Abe received the letter during a particularly trying time. The country had descended into the Civil War. On top of that, his son William had tragically died of typhoid fever a few weeks prior. More than ever, Abe missed Fido. The dog had always known when to curl up in his lap and lay his head against Abe's chest, but the update about his well-being might have provided some small comfort instead. As for the seven-year-old Fido, he'd become famous. Scores of people wanted to learn everything they could about the President of the United States, but few could afford to travel all the way to the East Coast and visit the White House themselves. Even if they did, Abe was much too busy to meet with all his well-wishers. So Midwestern tourists poured into Springfield instead. The streets grew packed with out-of-towners, all sporting matching muddy paw marks on their clothes. The Rolls, true to their word, let Fido wander where he pleased without a leash. He was a frequent fixture at Dillers, the barbershop, the post office, and he always drew a crowd. All the locals knew he belonged to the president. Some people were confused. Abraham Lincoln had a pet dog? Not a working dog? Not a guard dog or a farm dog? Just an ordinary pet that didn't do anything? Many thought it was a delightful idea. Pet dogs started to catch on. And even though he never set paw in the White House, Fido became known as the nation's first, first dog. The United States was divided against itself in a vicious civil war. But everybody could agree that they loved Fido. Unfortunately, Abe wasn't so universally beloved. He led the Northern Union states to victory in the war, but that only angered the Southern Confederates. After four years in office, he won his re-election campaign in late 1864, which frustrated his critics even more. A retired actor and Confederate spy named John Wilkes Booth decided to take matters into his own hands. On April 14, 1865, Booth snuck into Ford Theatre while Abe was watching a play. Abe was too engrossed in the show to hear the door to his personal box creak open. While the president sat unaware, Booth 
aimed his gun. He fatally shot President Abraham Lincoln. Multiple funeral services were held so mourners all over the country could pay their respects. Abe's last stop was in his hometown of Springfield, Illinois, where all his old friends and family gathered to say goodbye one final time. On the day that Abe's body arrived, May 3, 1865, John Roll called Fido to the door. Fido couldn't tell what was wrong, but he certainly heard the hitch in John's voice. When he gave John a friendly lick on the face, he tasted salty tears. Together, John and Fido walked back up the street to the old house that Fido knew so well, the home he'd once shared with the Lincolns. That day, the residence was packed with mourners and visitors. Fido probably felt overwhelmed by the crowd, but he behaved. In fact, he was his usual cheerful self and his wagging tail provided some much-needed cheer to the grieving guests. But the next day, he was more demure. According to witnesses, nine-year-old Fido maintained a dignified silence while Abe's hearse passed by the Rolls' house. He didn't whine, cry or bark. He simply watched, solemn, while his beloved master was buried in Oak Ridge Cemetery just two miles from his old home. Abraham Lincoln was gone forever, but the crowds kept pouring into Springfield. Americans wanted to visit the grave and pay their respects. They also wanted to buy souvenirs in Abe's hometown so they'd have something to remember the president by. The small community soon hosted a thriving tourism industry, Roll got in on the business opportunity. He began selling carte de visite, or early trading cards, with a picture of Fido on the front. The photos showed the old yellow dog lying on a platform draped in cloth. His paws curled over the edge, his alert face pointed in the distance, and his tail draped straight behind him. He looked like he was ready to leap off the stand and chase some unseen toy or rabbit. The bottom of the card read, President Lincoln's dog. Historians aren't entirely sure when the picture was taken. Some, like biographer Matthew Algio, believe John Roll arranged a photo shoot right before he got the cards printed. But Dorothy Maserve Coonhart of Life magazine had a different theory. She believed that Abraham Lincoln ordered the pictures soon after he decided to give Fido away. He wanted a souvenir so he'd always remember his pet. According to Kuhnhardt, Abe walked Fido down to F.W. Ingmeyer's photo studio one day in late 1860 or early 1861. The photographer wasn't used to filming animals, and he wasn't sure how to pose Fido. He ended up throwing some unspecified fancy material over a washstand. Always obedient, Fido perched on the cloth. Then Ingmeyer snapped three portraits, never imagining they would someday become famous. Those three pictures are the only surviving photos of Fido. Whether they were ordered by Abe or by John, they're clear evidence that someone cared deeply for the dog, enough that they immortalized him in celluloid. By 1866, the photos were all that remained of the pup. Sadly, Fido only outlived his original master by about a year. 
but by the time the 10-year-old dog passed, he was a national celebrity. That's especially apparent when you look at the history of his name. By 1875, Fido was the third most popular name for pet dogs in America, according to the limited registration records at the time. And one of the names that beat Fido was Jip, after Abe's other beloved dog. Today, the name Fido is practically synonymous with beloved dog, and other famous Fidos followed in his wake. In fact, for another loyal pup with a famous name, be sure to check out our episode Fido the Faithful Dog. In the meantime, give your beloved pet a pat on the head, whatever their name is, and maybe share an extra treat while you remember Abraham Lincoln and his pet. They made a family together at a time when that was practically unheard of. Fido never did any chores for the Lincolns. He only offered unconditional love, and that was all Abe needed from him. Thanks to their bond and the precedent it set, we all get to celebrate and spoil our furry companions today. Thanks for listening to Dog Tales. For more information about Abraham Lincoln and his love for Fido, we found Abe and Fido by Matthew Algio especially helpful to our research. If you want to hear more about Abraham Lincoln's time in the White House and how he met his fate, be sure to check out our episodes of Conspiracy Theories and Assassinations. Every dog has his day, and our day is Mondays. We'll be back then with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Dog Tales and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals like Dog Tales for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Dog Tales on Spotify, just open the app and type Dog Tales in the search bar. Join us next time for another good story about a good dog. Dog Tales was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Erin Larson. This episode of Dog Tales was written by Angela Jorgensen, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Alastair Murden. Mm-hmm.